Jimmy Lewis, and this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, the dirt bike podcast where we talk about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. On the show where Jimmy never shuts up and Logan hardly speaks, Logan talks for 20 seconds on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday number 32, like right after he remembers what the show is called. But uh, we get into the 2020 Africa Twin, the 2019 CR450X, the 2020 Kawasaki KLX, and then we talk about a KTM 300 versus 350. So there's a lot to learn. This show is brought to you by DDC Racing. That's Delaney Drive Components. They're makers of very strong, durable, chromoly, chrome-plated sprockets. If you've seen these things, they look like Swiss cheese. They're super light for a steel sprocket. They last forever. They come with a one-year warranty, and they are built by riders who really care about keeping riding areas open. So if you're interested in some good drive systems parts, check out ddcracing.net. That's Delaney Drive Components. Along with, Climb has been with this show since the beginning, and I really appreciate that. What I like even better is that the gear is super awesome. I've been wearing it since the beginning. Uh, it's evolved a bunch. It's very durable, um, really good fitting. They have features on their gear that are pretty much uh, industry leading, and I appreciate that because that's what I wear when I get to do fun stuff and I'm comfortable and I like almost everything that they make. So if you are looking for a change of gear or you're looking for the best gear, I think uh, you won't be disappointed by trying climb. So give them a look. And Taco Moto. So you've heard us talk about Taco Mike on the show. He's been a guest host a few times. Taco Moto Co., that's how you find them on the web, sells a lot of the kind of cool and unique tuning products that you need to get your emissions-compliant bike running up to snuff. So if you have questions, he has answers, and he can also sell you the stuff. So if we can't answer the question here, which we hope we can, maybe he can answer the question over there, and he can also sell you the parts that you might need to get your especially KTM or Husky dual sport bike uh, running like a champ. Anyways, it's tacomoto.co. Now, here's the show. It is 7 o'clock in Pahrump, Nevada, Valley of the Dirt People, which I say affectionately. I'm with my co-host, Logan Tyler. Say hi, Logan. Hi. And my name is Jimmy Lewis. Uh, I uh, am the team principal of Dirt Bike Test, and tonight we are doing... Uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday number 32. Exactly. So that is what this show is called. Uh, for those unfamiliar with it, it's because 
I grabbed some podcasting equipment and went down to a local bar here in town and sat down and started Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, where I took uh, went live on Facebook, took questions from people about dirt bike and dirt bike related products. I had some tacos, uh, a nice sip of tequila or two, and so it was born. And now you have to suffer through it. Um, this is where we will take your questions. Um, we like to take the questions live from the room uh, first. Um, this time I got Logan uh, a little iPad that he's playing with trying to figure out how to make it work. <laughs> That's what kids are for. That'll keep him busy. That'll keep him from talking and interrupting me because I couldn't have a better co-host. Um, one that doesn't say anything is what... I think so. I'm going to turn us down just a little bit. So that's better on my end. I'm looking at the levels. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining in live. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of questions here. Um, and uh, Patty uh, Blaze says, hi, kids. So I think she's talking to you, right? Probably. Yeah. So, Logan, did you get to ride this week? Uh, not really. Not really. School's that busy. Yep. Yep. Okay, here. Does it work? Remember, three-word answers. I want three-word answers. <laughs> I will try to. And you know you got your 30-second segment coming up. It's called Logan's Logan's Rant is coming up a little bit later. We're going to put him on the clock and time him, and he's got this covered. And he can blame everything on Big John uh, because John uh, refuses to ever come back in to uh, do a tech talk after his ratings are just – like they were horrible. Logan's killing him on the ratings. So um, John's scared. He's not coming back. He's probably sitting in his truck out there protecting protecting our country from our crazy people. And uh, good on you. And Logan, thanks you for yep. you're gonna you, you got your you took your notes about your rant, right? And you got the thing where you're gonna we start a new page here where we apologize to people too. Because we're going to piss some people off, I'm sure, today. Hey, uh, by the while we're waiting for all those awesome questions to come in, we're going to talk about some of the stuff. Uh, for sure, go check out www.dirtbiketest.com because don't turn that vibrating chair on. It's going to, well, we'll be in a world of hurt here if you do that. Um, go to dirtbiketest.com to see all the new stuff that we put up there. We actually put some new stuff up there. Uh, we have two new Kawasaki KLX uh, 230 impressions, uh, courtesy of Cub Reporter, Cub Reporter Erica Muxlow. Um, she uh, rode the two new KLX uh, 230s, the dual sport and the kind of play bike version, and also the 300, which I'm hoping to get up there um, hopefully tonight, tomorrow, soon. Um, so that's the KLX 300 that uh, kind of went a little bit under the radar. I haven't seen a whole lot of information about that. We uh have some pretty good information i just got to get it typed up um and there's there's another interesting uh uh, uh test uh we'll call it a what what was it what was the 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 350 it was um it's uh it's the white one the brand they're like ktms but different it's a 350 dual sport bike oh ride engineering yeah ride engineering uh, uh loaned us uh adrian from ride engineering loaned us his personal fe 350 which he did a whole bunch of cool customizations to and uh, it's a, it's like kind of like Husaberg, but different. I can't remember the name. But so that um, that impression's up there. You can watch Trevor, um, who's famous for hitting donkeys in Nevada. You can watch him run over a snake in California. So just if you're really got a close eye on that video, you can see that. But if you want to see how to take a few-year-old bike, do some good modifications to it, you know, bling it out, uh, that is up there on the website. 
We brought you some of the new 2020 Honda Africa Twin information. I have a couple questions that were brought to my attention on that bike. Maybe Steve Conklin will show up on the website. Uh, I don't know if we've even published his crash bar uh, test yet. Man, we've been working on that. He's he's has an Africa Twin. He got some crash bars for it. He's done a really good evaluation, and we've just been fumbling the ball and trying to get the photos uploaded because uh, it's not as easy uh, as you think and it, it anytime if you feel like our site needs any help and you could do better we are taking internships like all the time you're kind of working on an internship right logan yep that was one <clears throat> word three word answered yes i am that would work better okay okay so our africa twin there's a there's a test on some alpine stars uh elbow guards so if you fall over and you scrape your elbows up um uh that might be a good answer and we are turning in our Honda 2019 Honda CRF450X. It's going to go back to California, back to Honda next week. And so I stripped all of our, most of our aftermarket uh, stuff off of it. Uh, shot a little video. I'm going to shoot another little video, video talking about it tomorrow. Um, and we'll have a lot of good information about that. But I will, if you guys don't ask too many questions, I will start getting into depth on that particular bike. So it looks like there's a lot of Honda information out there. Um, there's that other brand that starts with an H. I can't remember what it is. We might talk about that a little bit. And, and I'm looking to see, uh, there's Victor, Victor, the popsicle man from, I don't even know where Victor is. I know he's down in Southern California. He, uh, he actually was, he wanted to come out to Nevada last week cause it was a crazy person convention out here. And, uh, they wanted to go uh, see aliens but what really, this is what they did out here, just in case you were wondering. They put all the aliens inside of Walmart, and then none of the crazy people, they just thought they were regular customers, and all the people that were looking for them never saw anything. It was awesome. And nothing bad happened out here as far as I was concerned. So, um, Victor, you didn't miss anything. Uh, Craig Hill asks, what did I think of the Toronto Supercross? Well, Craig, uh, <laughs> We don't really talk a lot about racing and stuff here. That's that other. That's that other podcast that was on last night. The the, what's the name of that one? It's Pulp MX. Actually, they do a really good job talking about all the racing and race related activities. Every once in a while, because I deal with some of these um, rally racers, we might um, get into that. But uh, they didn't have a map book navigation uh, class in uh, Toronto Supercross. So I, I'm sorry, I, I missed out. Did you watch Toronto Supercross? I think I did. You think you did? Okay. Did so? Who won? Break news. So, don't, I don't, don't remember. You don't remember. It was that interesting. If if Cooper Webb won that, you would know, right? No. You. Uh, I would not. You wouldn't know. Okay. <clears throat> Who's your favorite rider, by the way? Don't really have one. I like them all. Oh, man, that's vague. <laughs> okay uh good uh craig why don't you get back to us with the results so now that you've got us uh, curious that's almost as good as asking me what oil i run which by the way that is for next week's show i'm gonna i'm gonna reveal a lot of information uh about oil and if anybody noticed uh, chris real just uh, joined the conversation chris real will be my live guest in studio next week so you get the weekend off week off um, that's if you don't get fired, if you run it, your, your rant for 29 seconds, it has to be over 30 seconds. 
Um, so, uh, Chris Rial will come in. He is, um, runs DPS technical. He is a petroleum expert, actually expert on motorcycle emissions, sound testing, all kinds of crazy stuff. Super smart guy. He said he wanted to come in for, uh, tacos and tequila, uh, two things that I generally have here. And, uh, maybe we'll get him to spill some knowledge out and make me look, uh, like I'm halfway intelligent some of the time, right? Not doing too bad. Uh, so next on the list, um, everybody, I, a lot of people want to say hi to Mojave Bob. You got a couple friends out there, Bob. Uh, that's good. Um, Baja Diaries, uh, asks, what are my first thoughts on the Africa twin? Um, good question. Uh, you can read the, the thing on the website where I put some editorialized comments in there a little bit. Uh, and... What I think is I think Honda is is very smart positioning that bike where, where they have. We're kind of, uh, yeah, try to keep the noise down in the field, out in the outfield there. Um, Actually, speaking of that, I'm going to make sure my ringer's turned off on my, <laughs> on my cell phone. This could go bad at any moment. Now, don't worry about that one. You're okay. Nobody's going to call you on that. And we got flies in here, too. Did you bring the flies in? <laughs> it's all going haywire. Um, Africa Twin. So they bumped the displacement, evidently by... Um, lengthening the stroke slightly. The bore stays the same. Stroke gets a little bit longer, um, which, but they also did a lot of little changes. Um, the cylinders are made out of a slightly different material, uh, but they're going for a little bit more power. And I think in reality, what's happening is we got to look a little bit farther out in the future where they're going to have more stringent emission standards. And in order to keep the same power, they're going to have to rely on some good old fashioned tricks board or stroke it <laughs> so um, while they did that they did some other smart stuff they uh, added a removable aluminum subframe I remember when I very first saw the Africa twin I'm like what are you thinking because it had a pretty small um, non-removable subframe and knowing how adventure guys load a lot of stuff on the back probably not the best thing and, and in just a little tip over with panniers on the back it tends to want to bend a subframe so um, smart things. They, the other stuff that they did with all the traction control, you know, kind of getting their their um, traction control, engine management system, uh, brake e ABS systems and stuff, adding cruise control is uh, the only bike I've ever ridden with true factory installed cruise control was a BMW GS. And once you start riding with it, you, you love it. And I remember it took about three or four months for me to quit getting mad at my KTMs for not having cruise control on the very few times I was cruising down the highway. So I, th I think they brought the bike up. They've differentiated the adventure sports and the standard version, kind of saying, hey, the standard version is for you guys that kind of want to ride them a little bit more aggressive off-road. It'll be interesting to see what they did with the suspension to complement it because the Africa Twin had, and it still does have, very good, um, capable uh, off-road suspension. Uh, it's it's on. It was back then definitely on par with the KTMs at the time. So uh, all good things. And and uh, if you watch any of the videos we've done on it, you watch me just go on and pontificate about how awesome DCT transmissions are. So that's an option. Uh, it's how many of you are driving manual transmission cars anymore? Uh, so, you know, yeah, a few of us have them, but uh, it's it's kind of a rarity. And there's there's the fly again. I'm going to catch that thing. Got to kill it. Maybe. Sorry for your ears if I just did that to your ears. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, 
if if you're just if you're if you're riding like a if you're doing like performance riding, you really want to if you're like racing almost, you know, then DCT is not for you. But if you're just trying to get your motorcycle through places, even off road, even in some semi technical stuff, because remember, it has a you know the clutch is automatic; it's all done through the throttle, kind of like you have a recluse, but you uh, it also shifts for you which is which is uh pretty cool so uh that's that's kind of a neat feature not really available on any other adventure bike and um for true adventure riding i think it's a good thing so it'll be interesting to ride that thing i can't wait to uh get our hands on one i will send mark you mark baja diaries i'll send you on an adventure on one how's that <laughs> for asking that question good good uh good job um let's see uh is the Africa Twin a better choice over a BMW? Uh, Victor asked this. I, man, what do you think, Logan? Uh, we know your feeling about BM, BMWs. You know my feeling about BMWs? Yeah. Okay. What is that? The They're over-engineered, and it's perfect riding machine. Man, this guy, I never told him that. <laughs> I make jokes about him all the time, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. A lot in the classes. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of BMW riders and I pick on them almost as much as what? Harley riders? Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. Now, so really, man, you want to talk about an over-engineered bike also is is a Honda. I mean, it's like when I was, when I was testing, you know, growing up testing Hondas and you're testing all these different bikes, the Hondas, they, the the one thing they suffered from was, I I don't want to say perfect, but they tried to really engineer their bikes to a very, very high level. Um, and to the point where they were almost boring, you know, it was like they were, they were so smoothed over. They almost didn't have any character. And I think I've heard same from car journalists. The cars are just really, really good. You know, there's a certain thing where they just, and sometimes when, you know, when you're doing all this different stuff, some of those characteristics that might characteristics that might be maybe a sharper edge or something that, you know, it's like something that you love or hate. The Honda just didn't have any of that stuff. BMWs are a little more kind of quirky. You know, like, like it's got the cylinder sticking out the side, <laughs> you know, which is everybody like, aren't those going to get in the way of your legs? Well, when are you really putting your legs out there? We're not riding motocross on these things. And it makes an engine that has a really good low center of gravity. The boxer, the parallel, the, 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 the flat twin makes an awesome noise and it makes ridiculous torque. And I don't really understand why. I, I mean, it's actually, I never really asked, you know, why different engine configurations make different kinds of torque you'd think it's a certain amount of displacement i'm sure it's firing order and angles and anybody any, any of our any of our brain trust in here can they answer that question for me or have i just gone off on a tangent Long stroke. longer stroke with a with a flat twin yeah. why couldn't you have that long of a stroke on a on a parallel twin it might not fit okay road yeah Okay, we're getting all kinds of uh, things here. Maybe we'll ask somebody smarter next time. But uh, uh, so, Victor, it's 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 like a man. I always tell people like if you can go test ride them. That's what I've been done my whole life is test ride things, and and because you just don't know. And and a lot of times you'll hear me complain about something about maybe you have a bike. You know, you have a CR five hundred, and uh, because you're sort of. Um, uh, accustomed to kickstarting that monster uh it doesn't bother you that much but since i haven't kickstarted a bike since um 
it's it's been a little i actually I, I gave a kick assist to a bike the other day uh the christini um uh the battery was it'd been sitting for a while and the battery was low so i, I pushed the button and kicked so like it's really awkward to kickstart it, it bothers the heck out of me so it's just you don't know something until you're exposed to something different and then you have something to compare it to so uh the honda and the bmw are very 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 different in their own highly refined ways hopefully that uh that answers that for you victor um uh test test rides because uh, it's like that's like um chocolate and vanilla you know it's like one's one and one's the other i mean you might like them both and they're sometimes they're great when they're mixed you know so uh yeah dustin dag uh says hey guys dustin dag here right on that's kind of a cool name yeah thanks for all you do i have a 2018 you got this question on your thing where's your where's your questions you got to get the comments going somehow you've been pushing on it uh keep playing don't worry you can you can keep playing with that thing it's not like you're saying anything but you better be writing your speech down. Um, I have a 2018 KTM 500 EXCF. I recently had a check engine light come on my OBD. Uh, I think that's the single light on his dashboard. After referring to the owner's manual, I was able to find out that it was because of the gear position sensor getting either too high or too low voltage. I rolled the end. I rode with the engine light for a few times with no noticeable effects since then have replaced the sensor and the light is not returned so my question is why does the bike have a gear position sensor and what's its purpose um you know that's a good question uh the reason they have a gear position sensor is because um probably because for emissions and sound because uh in it, depending on which country or which uh you know which country or in which regulatory board you are uh, dealing with there's certain sound test criteria and by having the bike perform a certain way uh, when it goes through the sound test uh, makes it so it can run a certain way the rest of the time which is really dumb because ideally what we want is clean bikes and you know or the the epa and stuff wants clean bikes but so it's it's on that bike probably for that but beyond that, like when you find them on the current motocross bikes and stuff, it's so that they can have a different ignition map for each gear. So, so, so you can have, you know, and then also it knows when you're doing a start, it knows, you know, if you activate like a starts, uh, a start map, a special map for the start, it'll know when you shift out of essentially third gear, then it goes back to normal. Um, there's, there's a lot of reasons for them. Uh, on that bike, I would almost guarantee it's for sound. I uh, saw a hand get raised over here. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's it's for that, and I'm pretty sure that there's ways that you could um, you could disable it or do you know some of the different ECUs might allow that. I know there's some people that are a lot smarter on the specifics of that. It's never really bothered me. I also have a uh, 2000. And, do I have a 2018? I think I have a 17. I can't remember. 500. Uh, one of those. Now, maybe my three, I can't remember which one I have, too many of them. Uh, and I've never really noticed it doing anything different uh, in different gears and stuff, but that's uh, that's why it's in there. So, uh, but I know sometimes when you disconnect them, uh, the ECO doesn't like it either because it, it's probably because you're not supposed to uh, mess with the sound devices and it's all interconnected. 
So um, uh, somebody called me vague. Good. <laughs> um, let's see. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, uh, Victor. No problem. Uh, Morgan's out there. I saw Morgan got the uh, the DBT hat. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Jim Wells. I was riding yesterday. Awesome single track. I would like to have an indicator light for second gear. Friends I ride with think it would be useful. Um, uh, so that you know that you're in second gear, or so that you should click into second gear so you move faster than first gear. I don't know if I necessarily get the... Uh, um, I uh, don't know if I get it. And uh, Rick just called you Captain Vague. So you, you start thinking about what you're going to say to him because you, you could apologize to him later. It's always uh, always an option. Uh, okay, uh, on to some of the questions we have written down here. Don't crackle your thing. I'm turning your mic down a little bit. You're getting fidgety over there. When Look, when you want to talk, then let me know, and I'll, I'll bump you up a little bit again. Got it? Okay. Okay. That was only one word. Say, yes, sir, Jimmy. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dave Waddell asks about the Africa Twin. When do you think you'll get to test one? Um, they said they're available in March, so my guess is that they might have some uh, media rides before that, and I, I would just kind of guess December, but I didn't, I didn't ask that when I was asking questions about the bike. Um, my 16 DCT model has been doing well. Definitely don't want it heavier or higher center of gravity. That's another two things that they did to the bike. Well, they, they lightened it a little bit. I think we, um, did some numbers and it was like, uh, I put them up on the website. I don't remember the numbers, but you know, five or three or five pounds lighter, which on a bike of that mass, you're not really going to feel too much. Um, more fuel would be nice, uh, since 85 miles an hour drains uh, the tank very quickly. Um, yeah, at when you start going those speeds, that thing's a bit. You're like pushing a, a piece of plywood into the wind. Um, I've gone for a high front fender uh, as gumbo. My gumbo mud got my stock one. Uh, car play on my 19 Goldwing is a bit fighty. Makes me worried. Um, hmm. Yeah, I haven't. I don't have a whole lot of experience with a lot of those the technologies because that is what um, they've got Apple CarPlay uh, on the. The, the new adventure bike. So sometimes you just have to uh, keep updating and rebooting it. Kind of like Bob has to do with his phone. Cause he can't get the group text when we ask how many tacos are for this event. Uh, so, um, yeah. Uh, but I think, and I, I'm not, I'm not sure, but a lot of times, you know, when you take your bike in for service or you can get your dealer to flash it, they can update those things or you can through your, phone or device update your software and that seems like needs to be done quite a bit when when i have problems with any of that stuff it's update the software and uh, ktm also wanted me to because i'm the guy that was the uh guy that complained about it um on the uh new tpi bikes there is a updated uh ecu flash for you so if you can get your dealer to flash your ktm two-stroke your 2020 ktm two-stroke uh it will perform better uh, I'm pretty sure, or at least, especially if you go, um, if you go up an altitude without shutting the bike on and off. Um, let's see. What's our, we had another question. Let's see. I'll call someday to explain the second gear light. Uh, the second gear. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't get it. Hey, we almost, we all, we played around with, we almost set up a 
a thing where you can call into this show too. So we're pretty close, right, Gabe? Next week. Next week for the Chris Real thing. Okay, well then, then we can take calls for Chris, where everybody can call up and ask Chris what his favorite oil is. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, see, Chris used to own Duralube uh, back when I was a factory KTM racer, and um, so I, I probably won't. I won't talk about the uh, the uh, tower of cylinders that uh, Danny Hamill and myself had. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that's ten tenths stuff. So. Um, Dave Nitson says, what do you know about the Baja design squatter squadron sport say versus the pro XL? I know a lot about that. Um, and we have a test on dirt bike test on the squadron that I need to update because I just got another one that I put on our Honda 450 X. And I think since that one and the new one, they might've gone up in some lumens, uh, made it a little bit better. What an awesome light, um, the, the, the sport. Uh, it, and it's plug and play. It doesn't draw that much energy, but it throws out light. I remember racing in Baja. I mean, I raced in Baja with double you know, headlights. We had to have a bigger ignition to run, and it was not as good as that little tiny thing puts out. And it's, frankly, it's, it's amazing. So, uh, and I have a, a moto-minded setup on my KTM 350 with the XL80 in it. And that's the bigger that's the bigger light. And I think technically, and I'd have to check the website to see this, the the lumens that those things are putting out is kind of similar, or maybe it's there's a different version of the squadron that puts out um, uh, the same amount of lumens, but it's it's got bigger reflectors, so it's just able to throw and control that light a little bit better. Um, in my experience, the XL80 has a little bit wider of a pattern, and it throws that wider pattern a little bit farther. So, I mean, if you can afford it and you want just that much better light, it's the way to go. But it doesn't usually mount in. You have to have some special mounting on uh, on the bike, and that's why the moto-minded kit uh, allow. And it, you can you can bolt them in flat, and you don't really need to adjust them too much. But if you're picky like I am, I like to adjust them a little bit and. Uh, so that's the, that's the, uh, you know, getting picky about it, but, um, you just kind of check your options on what, you know, what you're trying. You know, first of all, you have to make sure you have enough power to run it or a battery that's on the bike to run it and then, um, see how much, how much light you need going to need. And if you're not going, um, actually when I put that Honda Sierra 450 X video up tomorrow, uh, there's some night riding in there and you, you can actually see the speedometer on the bike and you can see it going 35, 40, 45. And I'm not even coming close to outrunning the light. Uh, and I mean, it's still out there and there was times when I was going 60 and 70 miles an hour and it was fine. I mean, I think I could go 80 probably with that stock, um, uh, squadron. So, which is pretty fast, especially at night. Um, especially when you don't know exactly where you're going. Did you get that thing working yet? Got the comments? No, no. Wait, that, that looks like now flip it up on its side. It might spit them out. Look yep. at that. There you go. There you go. I'm glad I can be of technical assistance. When are you? What time are you going to get over here tomorrow to edit this down and get it up on YouTube? Because it took me two weeks to get the last two episodes up. Uh, if I remembered to come. Okay, it's simple. It's like it's like when the teacher, like school bell rings and you're out. You just bolt. You get home, hop on the motorcycle, and get over here. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's... Do, do you know how to set a reminder on your phone so it starts buzzing? Like set it for five minutes after school gets out and then, and then go, oh, crap, Jimmy's going to be mad if I don't get over there and edit this thing. Yeah, I'll try to. Good. <laughs> I, think, I think your fans out there would be happy that that you get it edited because if they can't, if they, you know, if they have to go to bed early, like their parents make them go to bed early and they can't watch this live right now. Cause maybe they live in back East and it's what time is it back there? Three hours more. 11? Yeah. 11 o'clock. They're not allowed to stay up your fan club back there. They want to watch this. So they have to watch it tomorrow on YouTube and they don't want to wait. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Craig Hill, what do you think of the electronic controlled suspension on the new Honda Twin? Well, it's nothing new. I don't know the specifics of it, but I'm understanding that it's a compression. Um, I mean, a, a spring preload adjustment. So it's it's it, what it looked like from the screen. It's going to make a adjustment based on whether you're double up or you're adding luggage. My experience on adventure bikes is the more preload I can run in them because usually they're a little bit soft, the better. So we'll see um, how that how that works. I don't know if they're actually going to do any valving control i know on some of the bmws all they were doing was adjusting the rebound uh adjustment on the shock which actually affected the compression as well and kind of like it, it it's it's funny in all honesty i don't change my suspension um while i'm riding that much i mean maybe if i'm being really picky but so it's kind of like it's a couple extra wires and some, maybe an extra feature that I don't necessarily need until it gets really advanced where maybe you can put your own settings in there. So I'm going to have like a a setting for hoop-de-doos and then a setting for rocky single track trail and I can push a button and all of a sudden it changes and makes that bike. Or for an adventure bike, I have a setting where, hey, I'm, I'm going to ride a gravel road and now I'm going to do like a little bit more aggressive off-roading. I don't want this thing to bottom out and I can push a button and it makes that kind of a change. Um but I'm not specifically, you know, we won't know until I, till I see it to see what it does. But I think it's kind of a, it's kind of one of those um, showroom features, uh, kind of like a low seat height that makes a big difference on the showroom floor. And then when you're actually out riding it, you're like, eh, I don't know if that was uh, what I needed. Um, a KX450 will only run the sport. That's why you need an off-road bike. Okay, Mark Daniels got me some information here. XL80 puts out 9,500 lumens, draws 80 watts. The XL puts out 4,300 lumens and 40 watts. So it's double the light. Okay, that's uh, that's that's. I thought there was a. I thought there was a, a squadron that that had the big um. Uh, the big thing, and yes, Motomine does rock. And actually, it's Motomine is a little small company in Colorado that does a lot of uh, rapid prototyping, uh, printing. Um, they make very interesting, very unique products to solve uh, questions. One of their, you know, problems that you have, and one of their interesting little products is a little ring that goes on your current um, KTM air filter to uh, stop that pin from punching through it uh, on a KTM or that other um, brand. I, I'm going to remember that company one of these days. They used to be from Sweden. I know that. Um, Kajiva. They were Kajiva for a while too, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, Montreal Supercross results: Dean Wilson, Malcolm Stewart, and Justin Brayton. Do you do you know those guys? Yeah. You follow them I all. Do. You follow them on Instagram. Uh, Dean Wilson, I do. Right. Glad he won. Yeah. Did you watch him win? No. Okay. You fell asleep. Yes. You, 
You didn't see the 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 in there. Um, Ra Eduardo Ros Rosas asks. You see him? You see him on there? Yes. He, yeah. He asks. So you're going to start reading these questions now that, that that you got the things. What does he ask me? Uh, what do you, what are you going to miss about the Honda CRF 450X? Hmm. I'm going to miss you taking the time to read those questions so I can have another sip of beer. <laughs> um, uh, 450X, uh, glad you brought it up. You know, uh, that is a very good uh, desert bike. Um, and if anybody knows how many Baja 1000 victories the Honda, the older Honda 450X had, um, that was by no mistake. Um, I started racing with Honda on an XR600, and it was literally those bikes were selling like hotcakes at the time. And then, you know, it was winning Baja and then they made an XR650 and it was winning Baja. And when they went to 450X, it had to win Baja and they made it very good at doing it. And they just, they've just kind of kept that, that heritage of, of a kind of, I'll call it a desert bred. Um, you know, it, it's like, it likes going faster. I always say it likes second and second gear and above. It's not really a first gear bike. Not that it's bad at it. Uh, and when out here we have Nevada, what do we got? Whoops and soft sand. Yep. Desert. And, uh, we have rocks and all the other stuff, desert stuff, but <clears throat> what that bike has is it has the ability to, to make you feel comfortable going very fast. And it has a certain amount of safety and stability, uh, built into the way it works. So um, that's kind of kind of what I'm going to miss about it. And after putting it back to stock, uh, I went and rode quite a bit uh, the other night on it. And uh, it was, I mean, other than I, the suspension, the suspension valving changes I had are still in it, and it still has a chain guide on it. But other than that, it was back to completely stock stock, even the air, air box cover on it. And I was just blown away by how good it works. It's still pretty fast and and it'll get you up to scary speeds and at the same time it's really quiet uh so kind of a kind of a fun a fun bike and 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 i was talking i was talking with the our honda uh media rep telling them hey i got the bike ready to kind of come back and 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 we were just kind of going back and forth about it and i'm like this bike is so it's as a stock bike. So if you, if you're riding out in the West and you just want to buy a motorcycle and you don't want to mess with it, I'm going to say that the Honda is probably one of the best ones. The four, the 2019, 2020, cause they didn't change it too much. 450X is a great off-road bike for doing, you know, two track and faster desert trails, just absolutely box stock. Um, and cause you just don't have to mess with it. So uh, you can do stuff to it. We did it, and, and it gave it more throttle response, and it gave it a little bit more power at lower RPMs. But if I wanted to go fast, I just uh, did what I always say. What I always tell you, and it's free. Uh, if, if you want, if you want more power, twist the throttle. Twist the throttle, right? Let the RPMs come up. Yep. Because usually when guys are complaining about power, they're like they're just on the first little bit. But yeah, and on this thing, I mean, it's. It's probably it's no KTM 500 by any means, um, you know, especially when it's uncorked. And but it, uh, the bike was really good, so I'm gonna miss that thing. Um, so yes, the new CRF 450X won the Baja 400 last weekend with Justin Morgan and Mark Samuels. Uh, correct, Mark. Thanks for uh, bringing that up. So they're 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 continuing to do that. 
which makes the X, XR, all XRs the queen of Baja, Victor. <laughs> um, Hutch, what, what is, what, say that, pronounce the word that Victor said. Uh, Hutcher Gurna? Mm-hmm. And then. One more time. Hutcher Gurna. Yeah, what does that mean, Victor? Is that, is that, is that Spanish? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, Hutch, 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 I don't know. He's, he's speaking Spanish to us. So, um, yeah, that, uh, uh, good bike, that Honda 450X. And, and like I said, there's, I, I actually need to write up, uh, Honda 450X, uh, compare it to the WR, the Yamaha WR450, um, F and, uh, compare it, I, I'm soon to ride the KTM 500 XCW. They're bringing that bike back, and that's kind of in the same family as these bikes. But in the world, when I look at it, like the KTMs are kind of made so they're so you can. It's like they almost KTM almost expects you to modify it in some way, shape, or form. They are they're expecting that guy to you know put a put an exhaust on it or put um, uh, you know do some tuning to it. Where I think Honda honestly thinks that their customer or, you know, a good portion are going to leave it stock. So they, they design it so that it works really good like that. Uh, it's my opinion. <laughs> uh, so hopefully that, uh, answers that. I have another question here. Um, so Neil K, uh, you don't have these questions. I do. Um, why don't you read that question right there? The top one. Yep. How does this compare to the four stroke 350 EXC? For the same sort of riding you are doing her. Here. Okay. So um, uh, Neil was watching our video on YouTube of the uh, KTM 300 uh, that we just tested. And so we're riding tight, uh, mostly tight um, single track up in Washington State and then a little bit um, faster kind of high mountain two track and trails uh, up in northern Utah. So that's what he's seeing. And then, funny, Neil watched another video, this time on our KTM 300, and he asks... Hi, fellas. Great review. Are these easier to ride than a 350EXC two-stroke? 300EXC two-stroke. So he's watching the 350 video, where it shows us riding uh, just north of uh, of town here on some of our perump trails, which are kind of rocky, uh, twisty two-track, some sandy stuff. And then, so he he's asking, like, which is easier to ride, a 350 four-stroke versus a 300 two-stroke? And that kind of depends on how you're going to ride it. So my take on it is, and and the, it seems like every time KTM makes a big chassis um, uh, change, or they make a chassis change and stuff, it's generally... All of a sudden, they figure out something they can do with the four strokes. Maybe they can move the motor around a little bit or change the stiffness of the frame here and there. And all of a sudden, that bike starts acting and feeling, handling lighter. And then the two-stroke guys go, well, darn, that four-stroke is working pretty good. We got to mess with ours. And they tilt the motor, change the engine brackets, uh, change the head stay, maybe something to the swing arm. And, and all of a sudden, they get their bike feeling a little bit lighter. You know, And, it, and it's, this, it's this game of playing with light handling feel versus not losing any stability, you know, not making it, you know, any handling quirks. So they're, they're kind of going back and forth. And so the bikes both feel 
pretty light, um, and I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you're you're not really going to feel like if you're just pushing them around, moving them around and stuff, you're not going to feel a big difference in weight between those two uh, bikes. But once they start running, an interesting thing happens. You got rotational mass, and this is this is. I remember when I was young and I was explaining this to my then boss editor uh, at Cycle World, who, when I would say that a 400 four-stroke felt 30 pounds lighter than a 600 four-stroke, and he goes, but on the scale, they're only two pounds difference. And I'm like, but it feels 30 pounds lighter. Well, you got to understand there's a lot of spinning stuff inside your motors, and so I actually had to take a one of those gyroscopic balls, you wrap a rope around it, and then you spin it, and it, it the ball starts spinning inside of a shell, and you you can take it and you turn it, and you, you feel the the weight moving. Is anybody ever played with one of those? Dreidel. So what's it called? A, <laughs> a, a dreidel. I didn't hear that. I got I got headphones on, by the way. He said dreidel. Dreidel. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, you spin it, and you feel that you feel the mass. And so if you do it right, you can actually wind it. You can spin it, and wind it up. You, you make it go faster, but it's hard to knock it out of line. It wants to continue spinning, but you try to take it out of line. That's what your crank is doing, okay? And that's what your camshafts are doing, and that's what your clutch and your transmission—they're all spinning, and they want to kind of keep going in a straight line. This makes perfect sense to you, right? Yes. You got you got you taking taking that taking that class in school yet? Uh, no. That's one word. No, I've not taken that class yet. <laughs> okay. So everything's spinning and it wants to keep going kind of, it, it doesn't want to be knocked out of line. And that's what makes stuff that spins, if it has more spinning stuff, heavier. So not only does a 300, because it's a 302 stroke and it's firing every revolution. So you're getting 350 cc's of power every time it, poof. The four-stroke, it takes two revolutions to get 350 cc's of power. So it's kind of making less... The 350 four-stroke is kind of making less power. And you have to rev it up a little higher in the RPM to get the same amount of power. Now all that stuff is spinning more and it's harder to knock out a line. So if you're just idling along in slow-speed trails and you're at low RPMs, both these bikes feel very light. But as you start revving the four-stroke, it starts getting heavier kind of quicker. Um, and you don't need to rev the 300 as much. So I think hopefully that dives back into like weight feel. Cause usually weight feel and agility. Um, but then if you're kind of ham fisted on the throttle, a little choppy on the throttle, that 300 could get out of hand for you quite easily because it makes more power, lower RPM makes more power quicker. And although they've done a great job of making those things really smooth and easy to ride, I think sometimes the four stroke now is even smoother and easier to ride. So your question, uh, hopefully you can listen. If you listen on those videos, except for the 350 video, I think the sound in that one was actually horrible, but um, you get the point. You can tell where the engines are revving. You can listen to how the engines rev and then say, am I riding like that? Or am I, you know, riding a little bit different? And, and uh, maybe that'll help you make that decision. Um, what's that one? The one by David? Yep. Uh, the NC450 Zagashin motor. <laughs> hey, you're, you'd pronounce it as good as I could. Say it again. Zagashin? Zong, Zongshen motor. So David Armstrong uh, is talking about uh, our Christini uh, bike, which has, so Zongshin, Zongshin? Zongshin 
is a Chinese manufacturer that they kind of um, have some knockoff bikes. They're rebranded as a lot of other different uh, brands. So Christini actually uh, uses that motor, and I believe they have them, or one of the factories over there also build their chassis. Uh, and so, yes, that's what that motor is, and they are getting better and better. I mean, you don't want to look at it too closely because you, you look at it and it just isn't isn't a Honda you know, which it looks exactly like, and a lot of parts interchange exactly with it. But the quality is actually getting better and better. I remember when I was at Dirt Rider, we did a story. We went and bought, um, <laughs> we went and bought an Aprilia mini bike. I bought it with my own money because I wanted to do this story. Essentially, has anybody seen the Aprilia twin cylinder, the 450 RXV? I think it was called. Beautiful bike. It was a twin cylinder, 450 cc fuel injected. Or carbureted back then or fuel injected. Don't remember. It was pretty trick. Um, delicate as all hell. I mean, they, they they were they were a delicate bike and 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 it was kind of heavy and for that rotational mass thing, a lot of extra stuff spinning, it kind of had some quirky handling stuff to it, but it was a showstopper and it looked really interesting. So I went into this mini bike shop. It's a lot of mopeds too, mopeds and electronic uh, gadgets and um, toothbrushes and toasters. Uh, it was right down the street from our office down in uh, Anaheim. So I went in there and spent four to seven hundred dollars, I don't remember how much, and bought this thing that looked like a mini Aprilia uh four fifty. And it was a one ten. It had the generic whatever Honda motor that one ten CC that everybody had knocked off, but this one was a one twenty five. And so we took it and we actually did a test on it because I just wanted to see, hey, how how durable is this Chinese stuff? How safe is it? Uh how long will it last? The motor it's pretty indestructible. I mean, we did stupid stuff with it. We would hold it wide open just for a long time to see what it was going to do and, um, you know, rode it around. We had mini bike races on it. I mean, every piece of plastic, the bolts that were holding on, it stripped out and the plastic was junk and would, some of it was brittle and it would crack and other stuff would just fade from two days in the sun. So there's a lot of, there was a lot of sh- uh, very loose ends in that. But these companies are getting better and better at, at making you know, stuff that lasts. And if you look at all those scooters that are running around in these third world countries that are built by these factories, they know how to make stuff last. Um, uh, and if it does break, you can generally fix it with a chisel and some gum, right? That's because those are the two tools they have in any third world country and a piece of wood. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, that's what that motor is, and uh, I've been pretty hard on it. I've, I've been really beating up on the Christini uh, just to – because when I write the test, I want to make sure that I'm feeling confident that this thing is comfortable. And I know on one of my Instagram posts, some somebody, another one of our uh, fans, like said something like, uh, you know, what a pile of shit, <laughs> for lack of a better words. And he was just looking at some of the, uh, you know, basically stuff that he might be – used to seeing on a on a Honda, maybe the welds aren't as clean. But I kid you not, it wasn't 10 years ago that Kawasaki was at the level where this Christini was. And that's a big company. And uh, hey, interesting note, when I was uh, working on the Honda 450, CR450X, uh, when I was taking the stuff apart, I was moving some wiring harness around and when I was taking the gas tank off, and there was a nice label, <laughs> made in China, on it. Yeah, yeah, on the Honda. So 
don't think, I mean, I guarantee a Honda has a quality control guy, like looking at every last piece and they're not letting stuff, but I don't think Christini has a guy over there all the time. They probably go over there and certify a couple production and then, you know, it may change and that bike might be built at the barbecue factory next door or, you know, you know, where, wherever Zong Shen has their, their factory, it might be your brother might get the contract to build the clutches and he's not very good at it. So there's a run of 3000 clutches that might not bat, that be that good, but, um, you know, overall, I think they're they're pretty good. I wouldn't be too um, wouldn't be too scared about it. And um, like I said, I've been running that Christini pretty hard, and I haven't had any issues with it. So uh, let's go back to our questions. Um, you know, Bob, that's a great idea. Logan, you ready for your thirty second rant? I got to do something important. We're getting you're got only got ten more minutes. So <clears throat> what are you talking about tonight? Uh, probably just how grateful I am for you bringing me on to the show. Whoa. What is it with all these people we bring on the show, all this uh, gratuitous platitude, what is it called? Gratuitous patronization. Gratuitous patronization. Well, thanks. Thanks, Logan. That's that's awful nice. You, you just keep going while I work on this. And by the way, um, thank you. Uh, this is a combination of Larry and uh, Erica. Thank you very much. And yeah, this is... Uh, to help finish the show off. Keep going, Logan. I'm 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 all ears right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh probably wouldn't know what I was doing on most weekends if I didn't have the the school to go spend the rest of the weekend with it. Pick up bikes at the school? Teach yep. teach guys how to ride motorcycles? Yep. Well that's good. You're riding a two fifty now. Uh, no. I am not. not uh oh, what happened? Your dad took no, it back? No. Almost got a super mini back. Oh, back on the super mini. Yep. Uh, Yeah, you're still super mini size, by the way. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you know, you know the gunner, the kid, uh, Cole's kid, who was on the show last week. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. He's really fast on a on a on a mini bike. You following him on the Instagrams? Uh, no. No. It it. So if you watch the video that I edited, like when I was doing your job for you. I put their their Instagram handles on there so you can you can go follow them. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, follow those guys and then and then they're gonna come out here sometime and go ripping around in our sand track and come out and race with them. You can have a showdown to see who gets to be the host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, uh, Logan. I appreciate it. I'm glad glad you're glad you're here. You're gonna you just need to get us all of the kids, all the kids uh, helping us. Uh, because you guys are the future. Just as long as you're not talking about um, telling me how to do my job that much. Just suggestions. <laughs> Don't start crying. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. I'm hesitant to run the screen or shelves. Uh, what bike are we talking about? I'm missing a lot of the stuff that's going on in the chat room. Hopefully, uh, San Felipe Bob has it on hold, lockdown. Hey, where's George? George is missing. So George, who oftentimes you guys see him in the chat room, that's George with the J, um, spelled like the way they spell it in uh, Mexico. Victor will be happy here. It's Jorge, but it's George in this case. George uh, got himself a Ford Raptor. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty nice one. And he, he's, he's already out driving around the desert. And look, he's, he's already gone AWOL. He's out venturing around. In his uh, Ford Raptor, leaving us to fend for ourselves. We don't have anybody putting up all the links in the chat room. And Bob is letting everything uh, get out of control. And yes, Victor, this is 
fancy tequila. Clase Azul, way out of my league, except when it's gifted to me. <laughs> so uh, cheers for that. Thank you again. Uh, actually, Larry got me the bigger bottle. I have one of those Grande bottles that's like, it's like, you know, this tall, and I'm holding my hand up way high uh, when I say that. This is uh, really good. And Heather, you know, my wife Heather, she says, we really appreciate you working for us, Logan. Yeah. Good, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to appreciate Gabe when he gets the, the phone calls li- uh, piped in here. You want to edit the video, too? If you get over here before he does, you can do it. And then he'll get canned. I mean, it's a revolving door around here. Uh, the pay can get doubled, too. Like, pretty quick. I got, I got a budget for it. Yeah, everybody's doing math in here. Like, I told, I was talking to Chris Real when I was talking to him about coming on the show. I said, okay, there's, there's two things we're not going to do um, during the podcast, and one of them is math. I don't do math at, during the, the podcast or at bars anymore because I always come out wrong. And then um, uh, I don't know what the other thing we weren't going to talk about was, but he'll bring it up, I'm sure. Uh, let's see. So, yes, next week Chris Real is coming in for all of your oil questions. So we're going to talk about motorcycle oil and motorcycle oil related products. Um, let's see. I think he really wants to talk about a little bit about motorcycle sound, about catalytic converters and some of the changes related to the fuels and new technology. Um, and some of what is, uh, complying with the regulations that they have to, cause he's heavily involved with a lot of that testing and it's, it's very interesting and it will probably, kind of give you guys a whole nother level of everybody goes, why do they build the bikes like that? And I always say it because they have to, they're trying to make the best bike for you, but they also have to make it legal when we're talking about uh, uh, emissions regulations and stuff. And boy, did I hear some very scary news about competition motorcycles and some of the things that um, what uh, California air resources board has uh, uh, proposed and are in the process of doing uh, so, uh, he will have a lot more information on that. He can probably speak to that. And, uh, maybe I know somebody we can do that first phone call with, uh, Gabe and, and get some information on that. Cause, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, everybody's always trying to stop the fun sometime. Uh, San Felipe Bob was eating dinner. Um, so, uh, yeah, Mark Daniels is supposed to handle the riffraff. Nice way to pass it off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did. Uh, he he did some research on the Baja design stuff. He was doing good. He wasn't just chitter chattering with everybody doing all these sidebar conversations. Bob, uh, Jesse Gent, Jesse. Um, you know what's funny, Jesse? Uh, what happened to all my top fan ratings? You don't come across on the thing. Is remember you used to have a little um, star, something like that. Is Gas Gas a good brand comparable to KTM? I would like to assume it is pretty much the same quality. Just looking for honest opinions. Well. Jesse, you've come to the right place. Um, so Gas Gas is built in Spain um, when they're not on strike or evading taxes or whatever else they do in that country or taking a vacation or uh, sleeping. They, they siestas? Okay, I'm gonna, you, I've just got to apologize to the entire country of Spain. Um, but the Gas Gases are, are pretty good bikes. Um, they, they have a long history of building trials bikes, world championship trials bikes. and But they just had a kind of a messy, seemed like a messy, um, financial slash business, uh, 
thing. And, and in no way did they ever, were they ever the might of, you know, like what KTM has become. They were more like KTM in the early days where they were able to produce and, and they did, they, they focused a lot of their energy on trials bikes, but you know, you need to sell more than just a few trials bikes to be a brand. So they got into doing, you know, off-road motorcycles and they had some really good, strong running motors. Uh, they, they always had great clutches, which imagine that right from a company that builds trials bikes. Uh, but I, I, I've raced a few of them, um, had success. In fact, I finished my two Erzberg, uh, Enduros on gas gas as a factory, uh, gas gas rider where believe it or not, even in like whatever year it was, I was riding a two year old <laughs> bike because, <laughs> you know, it's Erzberg. What are you going to do? You really need a brand new one for this. Uh, but I finished that the first year I finished with one speed left in the transmission. I only had third gear left or something went wrong, but Luckily, since that bike was, you know, obviously lucky because there's no way I finished it on skill alone. It was the bike. Uh, they brought that bike back for me the next year, and I got to race it again, but they put a new tranny in it. It was, uh, it was good. Fastest two-stroke ever up the mountain on the qualifying hair scrambles day. And you want to talk about pissed off? KTM was pissed uh, because, and they, they thought, you know, you had to be cheating or whatever. No, I had a six-speed in my transmission. That's what I had. And and it was, there was places up on the top where you're wide open. And that was the trick right there. Six gear, twist the throttle, shift gears. Uh, so yeah, gas, gas, they're good. Um, uh, same qualities at KTM, probably not exactly. Uh, you know, and actually Christini, uh, if you buy a two stroke Christini, it has a gas, gas engine in it. Um, so let's see. Most of the Honda bolts are now made in China. Uh, you know what? I kind of noticed, <laughs> one year when that uh seemed to happen uh let's see see if there's any other questions we missed in this did you see any questions that we missed that's your job is to keep track of that stuff um san felipe bob's kid cleaned out his own pilot jet can you clean your pilot jet logan What's a pilot jet? Oh no! Oh. <laughs> you know what i have I have about 40 pilot jets that I can show you that are inside of carburetors. Some of them inside of Honda, older Honda CRF 250Xs and 450Xs. And if anybody has examined the pilot jet in that, which um, requires a large disassembly of the motorcycle, I'll show you what a pilot jet is one of these days. You'll get good. Um, do you, Richard uh, Mike Ruffle asks, do you have any tips for cleaning the outside of radiators? My radiators get compacted with creosil after every ride and i haven't found a great efficient way to clean them out other than try to blow them out with a compressor on a low setting uh richard what i what i do is um first of all i go around those bushes <laughs> so um but if you want to know how to go around those bushes I, I run a riding school um on some of the cooler months of the year so you come out and see us that's uh, com. Uh, thank them uh, for sponsoring this show largely for allowing me to be here out of my busy schedule. Back to your radiator problem, uh, which I think I just solved. But when I let Logan ride my bike and he blasts through the creosote bushes, how do you how do you fix that, Logan? When you what do you do? Uh, Remember try. when you're washing them? Oh yeah, Wash yeah, really good. Okay, but and you then- you. With the with the with the pressure washer, but oh. from a large distance, you blow out the back of the radiator, not up close, but at distance. 
and that's similar to what you're doing with the compressor. So, but the water has a little bit extra, uh, little extra push, and it can get that stuff out of there. But if you're hitting the big ones and you're getting the branches stuck in there, and then it just turns into a big mess, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the that's what that's what I would do is um, just kind of back flush it. You can even just do it with a regular hose, and it'll it'll get it um, pretty good. Yeah, Bob's a 12 year old son cleaning the pilot jet, his own pilot jet. He has a he has a Kawasaki that looks like that that brand I keep from forgetting. He had some special graphics made. I'm sure Bobby uh, Bob will put um, uh, Bob will uh, put a picture of that on the post here in mere moments. Uh, Victor always always there for us says install a weed whacker on the front of your bike. <laughs> so yes, uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, what did uh, my wife just commented? Uh, Jimmy taught me that the seeds of the bush. Oh, <laughs> why you don't go through? Why you don't ride through bushes? You know why you don't ride through a bush? You know this, Logan? That way, your air filter doesn't get clogged up, and <laughs> also your no, because because and Bob may know who told me that. I don't remember who told. The reason there's a bush there is because a rock stopped the seed. Okay, so the seed was blown across the desert. It bumped into the rock. It stopped, and it grew there. So when you ride through the bush, you're going to get to a rock eventually, and sometimes it's a big rock. So, uh, yeah, uh, be careful. Yeah, rocks hide behind the bushes. Talk to the guy who works for Rescue 3 and scoops up uh, damaged desert racers on a regular basis. Uh, Andrew <laughs> does that. And by the way, uh, Rescue 3 is an awesome uh, operation. They do um, safety and uh, medical assistance out at a lot of our uh, southern uh, races. They actually help us on the Rebel Rally, which uh, in two weeks I'm going to be on uh, as the course director. That's an all-women's off-road navigation four-wheel event. Uh, so we might have to figure out a better way to do tech talk. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be available that weekend. We might uh, log one in. Uh, but, uh, if you are interested in, uh, medical field rescue, um, if you're an EMT, would like to get, you know, certified in some stuff, uh, look up rescue three, uh, great organization. Um, it's probably a really fun way to go out in the desert and, um, unfortunately scoop up, uh, wayward desert racers, but, uh, you'd be definitely lending out a, uh, a big hand on that part. Uh, Jeremy asks, okay, 803, we're going to start, we're going to start wrapping this one up. Um, Logan, you, you have 20 more seconds of, uh, ranting. So you start thinking about it and this fly is driving me nuts. You almost got him. Where, who brought him in, Bob? Yeah. Um, have you tested a beta 200 Jeremy? No, I haven't. Uh, uh, I am interested in the shorter frame compared to my 07 KTM 200 XCW. With a 28-inch inseam, every inch counts. I think I have a 28-inch inseam also. Um, and it doesn't bother me too much, uh, but that's because I go to that Jimmy Lewis off-road riding school uh, quite often and do a lot of my practice drills. But if it is indeed a shorter frame, uh, that's interesting. I, I, I'm still, I haven't had a whole lot of time to you know reach out and... Uh, beat up on the beta people uh, to let me ride one of those bikes, but it was in the works. I know that. Uh, Andrew posted up the rescue3inc.org. That's rescue3inc, the number three, inc.org. If you are listening um, and you want to check out, support those guys, uh, uh, help the cause. So um, 
think that's good. Logan, what do you have to say? Well, I thought that thankfulness was going to take up the 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's that's kind of a you're you're really trying to, you know, use those uh gratuitous patronization. No, there's uh, there's a oh, false pleasantries was another another thing that came that comes to mind. Platitudes, yeah, yeah. Um, I know it, it. It got it got you pretty far. I mean, it got you to here. We're we're, <laughs> we're five minutes over. I'll forgive. I'll forgive you if you if you promise me you're going to get over here and edit this down and get it up on the YouTube's. Okay. Okay. So we'll let you, we'll let you go off the hook on this one. But next next week you get the week off. So that means the next time you're on, I want a one minute. You got to start thinking about what you're gonna you're going to complain about because I just talked for like 59 minutes with the exception of the, the one sip of tequila and the one beer I dropped back on this, uh, on this podcast. Silence. That's the best thing for a podcast. <laughs> so uh, anyways, uh, thanks guys for joining in. Thanks for listening. If you are listening uh, shortly, these things will be easily available on podcasts or maybe you've actually found it some way, shape or form. Uh, be sure to go back and check out our older episodes. They're even uh, more ridiculous and less produced than this current one is. Uh, uh, share this somehow, way, shape, or form. Um, do whatever you can do to kind of uh, promote us and put us out there. We've got some big things coming. I keep saying that, but uh, I'm going to put my head down and uh, make make it work a little bit better. I really like uh, testing dirt bikes and telling you guys all about it, answering your questions. I like having Logan here on there because he's just full of it <laughs> trying to trying to stay quiet but uh like i said um it's not getting in the way so thanks again guys there's all the happy faces blowing up off to the side uh we will see you out on the trail cheers <laughs>